Welcome everybody to another episode of the Popcorn Watchlist podcast where we discuss and celebrate our favorites in TV and film. I am your host, Xavier, and I have the pleasure to speak to you all about one of the most anticipated films of the summer. Um, the other half of the Barbenheimer event, cultural phenomena that's going on, and this would be Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Uh, I am. I have the distinct pleasure also of speaking to you all about our thoughts and what we really loved about this movie with our usual suspects on the Popcorn Watch List panel. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Anthony. <laughs> Say hi, John. Danny. What's up? And say hello to the young kid, Zach. Hello to the young kid, Zach. Gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen. Everything. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Uh, everything's gentlemen. so literal, you guys. You take a historical biopic and then you just take it all literal. Anyway. Hello, literal. So this episode, I've been really excited to get right into because, you know, we, we a lot of people just really like movies. They really are. You're either really into Christopher Nolan stuff or you're not. Depending on you know on how he shoots his films, how he writes his films, because a lot of the times he just he writes his own stuff, and a lot of times he likes to play a little scatterboard with uh, the movie timeline. But thematically, it all just makes sense, and it makes more sense if you watch it two or three more times. But <laughs> in its initial viewing, it's, it still leaves quite the impression on you. Uh, so, Danny, hit us with a little, some of the facts and the rundown of the film. Yeah, so uh, you can like, spend the next twenty minutes <laughs> saying the, the cast, cast the cast list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much everyone and their mother was in this movie. <laughs> I think someone's mother was in the movie. What? <laughs> Nolan's daughter was in the movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Plot no, everyone and their daughters. <laughs> Emily Blunt's uh, daughter's mother was in the movie. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Exactly. <laughs> so her? Yes. Uh, yeah, but we got uh, a huge cast, uh, as everyone's been mentioning. Well, I'll just go through some of the main. I mean, ensemble would be an understatement. <laughs> Avengers assemble? No, well, no, like ensemble. <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, we had we had an Avenger. Yeah, we did. We did have an Avenger in the we movie. We did indeed have an Avenger in the film. Are you really that? But we have multiple we Marvel people. You have multiple uh, Marvel people. You yeah, have Florence uh, Pugh. Some yeah. other people from other big movies. Yeah, Florence Pugh. We got a Batman well. villain. We have a, we had a Marvel movie director in the movie, Kenneth Brand. Yeah. Oh, oh, true. Give that to you. <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going. But you know, it I stars mean, uh, the main actor, of course, is Killian Murphy. Uh, Killian or Cillian? I've heard Nolan say in it, reviews, Killian. It's because he's Irish, so it's in spelled interviews. a little bit different. It's I like used to think it was always Cillian. It's, it's like if you've ever seen how Siobhan is um, spelled, it's like Seelbahan. But it's, but it's it's actually Siobhan. Siobhan. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because he's Irish. Um, <clears throat> okay, so it is killing. So they, they go hard C. Okay, not soft C. Hard C. <laughs> like Colbert. Which one would you prefer? <laughs> you guys are dirty. <laughs> then we got Emily Blunt. Uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck in a small but very that, that was a role. that was a nice surprise to have him on there. Look, my surprise is seeing James Darcy in the movie. That's your surprise? Yes. <laughs> I think the biggest oh. role in this movie is Josh Peck. I mean, that's the no from Drake and Josh. <laughs> yeah. So Drake and Josh. For the sake of you know cinema lovers and people who just want to hear people discuss uh, Oppenheimer particularly, we're gonna avoid like really big spoilers and how the plot necessarily like plays out like step by step by step. We're not going to bore you with all that, especially on a three hour and basically three hour long film. But we'll, you know, touch on some big things. Um, But one actual cast member that showed up, I don't know if we considered a glorified cameo or not, was uh, Oppenheimer speaking to uh, one president of the United States, Harry S. Truman, Mm -hmm. uh, played by freaking Gary Oldman. That hit me out of surprise. Because now you have Gary Oldman who played two different people within the same historical time period. Mm-hmm. So like basically... Oh, yeah, because you know, like, he, he played a, a cha- Dick Cheney? No. Well, no, 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 that's Christian no, Bale. That's Christian Bale, sorry. Um, uh, and the Churchill. Darkest yes. Hours, right? that's what Churchill. Yeah, and he won an Oscar for that. So what's really funny is that... So he needs one more? 
Yeah, he needs to play Stalin. <laughs> trifecta. Yeah, he needs to just play Stalin. Sorry, Danny. I have a derailed with all the fun stuff. Oh, yeah. And let's talk about uh, Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Yeah. Took me half the movie to realize that was Josh Hartnett. Yeah. I like seeing him in stuff again. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Then yeah. we got the the silent killer, Rami Malek. Dude. <laughs> oh, he came yeah. out here. I, I, my boy was there just not doing anything. And I'm just like, please? Like, especially with how what, what turns out later on in the plot was pretty out of hand. Um, Benny Safdie. Yeah. Yeah. Director. Pretty good. David um, Krumholtz. You guys ever watch uh, the numbers, Santa Claus? And the Santa Claus? Yeah. Yeah. He, Freaking numbers. 10 things dude. I hate about you. Freaking numbers. Wait, wait, also, wait what's his. Wait, what? David, oh, yeah. Okay, David him. Krumholtz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's he the elf from the Santa Claus. Yeah. 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 also had uh, Tony Goldwyn. Yeah. yeah. Tarzan. You mean Tarzan? Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and President in. Um, what was it? Scandal. In Scandal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Jason Clark. You had Hobgoblin in there. Oh, Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan. Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid, so dude. People. That's right. That's Superman. Did, did uh, someone I, say Devin Bostic or no? Not yet. Okay, because De- so Devin Bostic, he played. Uh, he's really only known for playing uh, uh, Roderick. Roderick from Roderick from, <laughs> from uh, Die Room with the Kid. And then here's one. I remember <laughs> freaking out about this, and then realizing, oh wait, Zach has no idea who this guy is. Except he should because he did watch uh, Full Metal Jacket. So the guy who played a uh, uh, Vannevar Bush. Was Matthew Modine mm. the main character? The main okay, character from so Metal Jacket. I, I heard about that, but I, I couldn't recognize him. I guess because of like how many years it's been since yeah. since yes. Full Metal Jacket. But he's been in a few Nolan movies too. Yeah, he has. Um, let's see, who else am I we missing? Had Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, David Dasmalkian. Yeah, Dasmalkian was the guy basically like Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man. Yeah, he was in The Dark Knight. This is the work in that one scene. This is the work of gypsies. <laughs> yeah, he was the one. Yeah, he's that one freaky dude. You had the guy from Hereditary, Alden. Uh, yeah, uh, the one guy from Hereditary, the one uh, with the mole. Alex cool. Wolf. Alex Wolf. James Remar was there too, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just a crazy cast. Yeah, that cast. Like basically, like I want to know who like how this casting story went about. I think it's at the point where people are fighting. you just call someone and you say, "Hey, no one's doing a movie," and before that person finishes. The actor I'm goes, in. yes. Yeah. And hey, so it's like 30 seconds of screen time. I don't care. I'm, I'm pretty sure they all got the bare minimum, mm-hmm. um, which is why this movie's only a hundred sure million dollars. The movie's only a hundred million dollars. And with all these people in it, there's no way they spent 20 million per big, oh. big person. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the uh, prestige of being in a oh. <laughs> Nolan movie. Josh Peck can literally say he was in a Nolan movie. Yeah, and he had a pretty uh, important Jack part. Wade can actually say he was in there again, small part, uh, but yeah, a lot of these actors um, they only had like small. Roles man, these kids never watched too. White Collar. The, Tim uh, Decay was in it. I know, man. Freaking great. Never saw all the uh, what do you call it? The Tom Conti is Einstein. The main, like, one of the main characters from the new Jumanji movies. He was in it, right? Uh, yes, that's Alex Wolf. Okay, I don't, I don't know his name. Yeah, yeah. and then the. Isn't the kid from High School? Uh, no, High School Musical? No, 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 High School High. Don't want the superheroes. Uh oh. Uh, what's that movie called? Uh, it's not Sky High. Sky High. Sky High. Yeah, yeah. you mean Sky I don't know High? Why I said High School. Wait, wait which, That's a which actor? Which actor? I think the main character. The main kid. I think he's he's in this Are movie. You sure. We're just gonna go off the cast because it's so the no. cast is so large. Like. I don't because I don't know his name. I don't know the actors. He name. was also in that movie with Jackie Chan and Jet Li, The Forbidden Kingdom. Oh man, he's the main Michael character. Michael Angerano. Oh Michael, yeah. Okay, I just saw the I just saw the name there. Yeah, and he's totally in the Angerano. Bam. Wait, who, who did he? Anthony. Who did he play in the movie? Robert Server. One of the random like one of Scientist. his scientists People. slash students that would like help him out. Especially and he's only in, like in two scenes. Yeah, he's only like when he scenes. when Oppenheimer oh, was teaching. I have to look out when I go to watch. He's it. actually the guy that I think he tells. After the test, to uh, like go say this thing to my wife, like the coded message to his yeah. wife. That I think that's the guy he tells. Ah, the one, yeah. That's after the Trinity test. Yes. Very cool. I was trying not to. Yeah. Okay. No Spoil spoilers on this episode. So you yeah. Even though this is a this is a recap. It's a historical document. Yeah, but like you know, how did Nolan write this in? And you know, what's black and white and what's in color? We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, we're talking about you know Nolan's right. latest film. Can we talk about very quickly, uh, you know, who did the the music this time? Because it wasn't Hans Zimmer again. Nope, surprisingly. No. But also, well, well it's not the same reason thing. he didn't do Tenet. 
your boy's too busy doing Doom, Doom, Doom. Part two. Doom Part 2. And then Doom Part 2. So this is Ludwig, got, man. Yeah. Uh, which he did, Tenet, he did Black Panther, um, Creed. Uh, Community. Come on, guys. Uh, Get with it. Mandalorian. Lud- Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah. Ludwig Gorenson. The he's 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 a he's he's a Tony man. Give this man a Tony to do doing whatever. I don't know if he still is, but for a long time he was like music partner and producer of Childish Gambino's music. Is. So yeah, if he's gonna well, do he, he does work with a lot of like like uh like big artists and big but, rappers. But like they were they knew each other from community. So they're short Like a lot of his indie rap stuff, he would still produce on the side because it was fun. Um, but and can, so with a make orchestral. He can do whatever the hell he, he wants. He also did Venom. Yeah, Which he one? did the first, first one? one. The first one. You didn't say it right though. <laughs> how does how does a <laughs> Venom? Yeah, I was gonna say how does a how does Eminem Eminem say? say? Yeah. Uh, so Anthony already said is a budget of a hundred million. Uh, as of this recording, how much has it made, Danny? So domestically, it's made one hundred and seventy-four million nice. for a prestige R-rated yeah. film. Three, three hour long. Three hour yeah. That's pretty good. Bulk yeah. of it is probably just from IMAX alone. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, all the IMAX are yeah. sold out. Every IMAX, every legitimate IMAX showing in our neighborhood I mean, is they hyped well, it the up. Only one in They hyped it up. And then globally, it's now crossed the four hundred million mark, awesome. which that's insane. Quadrupled. Awesome. Which it's well deserved. Even if you so. If, if you assume advertising was like 50, 75 million. Let's just say 100 million. Like Another 100 million. So yeah. they already doubled up. They already, yeah. They, yeah, they broke even, I guess. I know. They he doubled. Said 400 what? 400 million. They doubled, doubled up, yeah. their and it's not even production done yet. and it's not advertising even done. It's only the second week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, we, we, we have to talk about, I mentioned it, the introduction is we, this movie, this movie's success in the box office it doesn't exist in a vacuum. Like there's still, again, the second, the other half of Barbenheimer going around. So there are people that are like, that's the target audience for Barbie that are now going in to watch Oppenheimer. And vice versa. Vice versa, yeah. And so people are getting, you know, it's great is that these movies don't cannibalize each other's target audience. So people are just like, hey, let's just go see a good both movie. Because they're both movies. Yeah, they're, they're both, you know, good well-made movies that's or so we hear so let's go check it out and we actually did that we went and saw a dolby showing from barbie everybody is dolled up in barbie in you know this, these hot neon yeah. pinks yeah. going everywhere um, i had a family i guess from out of town they're like what's going on i'm like guy did you not hear about barbie <laughs> man yeah he's like you didn't hear about barbenheimer and the guy looks like oh i just thought it's just you know because we're, we're recording out of miami so he's just like oh i just thought everybody in miami kind of wore pink i was like do you really think everybody <laughs> I coordinated I this like i did wear a pink t-shirt and it's pretty dope but um you know then uh us collectively uh minus zach who saw it two days early we all drove up to our museum of discovery and science in fort lauderdale to watch it in what I what my jokingly called the Lord's IMAX, uh, which is like the you know the real deal seventy millimeter big old uh, projector with amazing sound, and uh, for a movie that was pretty, you know, like it's it's a, there's a lot of good dialogue and really great riveting score, you know, cinema great establishing cinematography shots, like it still looks you know it's still really impressive when you see like seventy percent of that screen all filled up mm-hmm. like. For most of the time, it's like more so yeah. than even top because like, the the aspect ratio does change between Sometimes, between yeah. true IMAX and like digital IMAX because it's a shorter uh, shorter crop. But even even like the full screen shots looked and there were a lot of those really full screen cool. shots indoors, like in in labs, yeah, yeah. in just regular talking rooms. Like too. that yeah. that blew my mind. So because I, I, I think great. they were going for like a cinematic look, having like the black bars to to give it more like dramatic well, no, feel. That's just how it is. Cause, yeah. Well, because there were some parts like even when they were because there's a part where um um uh, Oppenheimer is talking to um what's the character's name um Teller yeah where he's like Ben Safdie. There's yeah. like a there's a the shot where they're both standing next to looking like towards the camera looking at like a, a truck drive away mm-hmm. where it's the full screen yeah. and then when they're talking to each other and they have like the close-ups it's cropped in mm-hmm. so it's like the same shot but cropped yeah in. they just didn't use an IMAX camera for that yeah but I, I think they, they he probably did it maybe probably for stylistic for the most part because they want like that dramatic 
black bars and have them. Is that the scene when them. they were carting off Fat Man and Little Boy? It might have been the no, scene where he was probably that. attempting to to leave. Oh, and he's like, no, dude, you can work on the hydro. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was sometime after that, I think. Most of the exterior outside shots of, you know, talking, the, yeah. either yeah. Los Alamos or in general when they're at the school yeah. like most of the outside yeah. shots were it IMAX shots IMAX, yeah the even the black and white shots I can were, tell you because yeah I, there was also a mix of like full IMAX and like cropped so I can tell you for sure the difference in quality and clarity because oh, yeah. I was I've seen some YouTube videos that you know this true IMAX version can produce up to 16k like resolution yeah. and, yeah. and so it really so sharp. So I, I saw that one and then I saw it in regular digital 2D program. digital screening. And I could tell you definitely almost every scene that they were in Los Alamos, when we were at the Fort Lauderdale, you could see like particles and everything that when they were it's outside, like, you could see the, things blowing in the wind everywhere. Yeah, like, like sand see every, was there. And like even, even when there were like close-ups, like the even the close-ups on everything. people, you could see like the supreme detail on your skin. Yeah. It was crazy. In the regular version, I didn't see any of those things flying <laughs> around. So what, when I saw, it, I was like, yeah. "Wow!" Now I can tell the difference. Like, yeah, I really notice the difference. Because a lot of those, um, or a lot of like uh, digital showings, are like they're two K. They're not even four K. And mm -hmm. for a big, for a big, uh, I mean, it's a projector. You, there are four K projectors, but uh, most theaters just use two K. When you have them, when you have it on a big screen like that, you're going to see more like fuzziness from the pixels. I mean, I'm sure the technology has gotten good where they kind of blend together, but it's not sharp. It's mm -hmm. still going to have that little bit of like fuzz or blur to it. And so, you can tell just looking at the film reel by itself, like how drastically bigger it is. Uh, what they say is a uh, 11 miles long. The yeah, whole entire miles. movie. I think someone said you can watch, watch the it? whole movie while walking, while walking, while walking the distance <laughs> of the actual reel. Yeah. Someone told that it's in like, oh, the press junket to Chris Nolan. He's like, no way. Like, he looks, he's like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> it was like, he thought it was a joke, but he's like, no, somebody actually puts that. He's like, I don't believe. Like, it's like, either the look that Nolan had on his face, and he think he was next to RDJ. He's probably thinking, like, how long would it take no. me to walk 11 like, miles? He's next to RDJ, and then RDJ's like, 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 like cracking up is like, dude, that's out of hand. Like, kind of thinking that he like, knew he did it on purpose. And you see Chris Nolan's face is it's it shows one of two things. It can be either a, um, wow, that that's what a crazy coincidence, or b, uh oh, they figured it out. The genius. Like, yeah, and I would honestly, I wouldn't have put it past him. He accepted his other movie. Yeah, yeah. He, he. It was accidentally on purpose. It was accidentally on purpose. Why not? Uh, but definitely. Our next review. Accidentally on purpose. That is a movie. Uh, it was a show. Honestly, yeah, like it stinks because at least down here, all the IMAX showings until it goes away from that particular uh, venue are completely sold out. It's, it's not like yeah. sold out, really late, maybe a couple. No, it's gone, gone. You have no chance to yeah. get in there. You got to mug someone to get that ticket. Well, I, I do want to put this out as a fact. I don't know if you guys knew this. So don't put it out. Don't put in out. in the whole uh, state of Florida. That museum is the only museum or the only theater that has true 70 millimeter. No, it's IMAX. not. There's one it in is. Orlando. The Regal Point Plaza? Yes. That's a I shout checked. out to Regal? I checked. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, they we have, looked it up. There's a, a web, there's a website that shows, um, that has um, a list of all the movie theaters that support that. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I thought Florida was the, had just the one. I'm almost certain that one in Orlando has it. And if it is, then I retract. But, Danny? but at least in South Florida, yeah, uh, for sure. I was gonna say, Danny, look that up while uh, we go. But yeah, I think I, I think I heard, total, I heard someone mentioned. I think total the one in the country. Ocean there's like there's like maybe like 20 30, or thirty or twenty. Yeah, in the country, yeah, it's like it's a very small amount. But yeah. uh, apparently, the biggest I, I don't know if it is a seventy millimeter uh, showing, but the there's one in Sydney, Australia, that's actually the largest. IMAX. Is it on P. Sherman 42 Willoughby Way? No. <laughs> it's not the, it's not the it's largest. It's also not the largest. The largest is in, in Germany. Is it Antwerp? Could, no. Is it in Berlin? I saw I saw YouTube but video. Not, 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 like, not like a dome IMAX. No, no. Like a it's, no it's the largest really. screen yeah. IMAX. You know. uh, in Leonberg. It's in Germany. And it's, uh, it's Leonberg. That must, must be new then. It, the Trompalast. Currently like the largest a, IMAX screen in the world. It's like a 20 or 30 minute video that I saw. It's, it's, it looks really nice. Nerd. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, so if you go walk? into the U.S., no, not it's not even in CityWalk. Actually, Anthony, we have to revise that. It's not the Regal Point Plaza. Uh, the that that Regal is no longer on here. It's um, 
some theater. I have to see if Paragon Theaters, it's in Del Rey. I have to see if that's real or not. Uh, you have the AutoNation Museum of Discovery and then the Kennedy Space Center. That's it. That's oh. because those have, like, the Space Center probably has one of those domes. It has a 70 millimeter. Fort Lauderdale like, has 70 millimeter. I know that. Right. So here, I'm from easy. IMAX's website, mm -hmm. the only theater is the AutoNation Theater. Okay. No, so so the only one that has the... Um, oh, it's three the 3D theaters at Kennedy Space Center. So that's the dome. The only ones that have it are the um, Fort Lauderdale and then Regal Point Orlando. All right. So it is bad. But, it, does the the Regal Kennedy Point, Space but does the Regal Point Orlando do the 70 millimeter? And you have to look at the number. Sometimes it says yeah. 15, 15 slash, slash 70. I think it's 30. Well, those are no. saying 15, 70. 70, which is yeah. the big And that's what, that's what we have one. down here. The too. biggest yeah. format. The real one. So for Lauderdale yeah. does that, and they also have the digital. Yeah. If you know. Well, yeah, because so that thing plus D is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you don't get an eleven mile long. Regal, the Regal Point um, is Orlando. the same thing. Fifteen seventy. Yeah. yeah. And then <clears throat> Kennedy Space Center, and then the Orlando mm -hmm. Science. So then, why is this list different from that list? This uh -huh. is I'm, this is from IMAX directly. I don't know. Well, IMAX is wrong. No, <laughs> Anyway, that would be yeah. kind of the point is they're rare. <laughs> they're extremely yeah. rare. They're, they're, they're like, worth they're traveling like to. I think that every time we talk about a movie that we specifically have to watch in IMAX, we say, hey, like, go make the trip somewhere. If you have yeah. to go out of state or something and you really like movies, Anthony said it best. You're going to see all this detail. Also, yeah. those theaters usually have like laser pinpoint calibrated sound, much to the higher effect of what you would see beyond just like a Dolby experience or a... Uh, you know, a 40x experience at Regal. You know, you're not gonna get that at an Alamo Draft House, even though you probably get drunk, but you won't get that, and you won't get poked in the in the back. So poke in the back. <laughs> uh, so recapping it up, definitely, definitely go watch it in IMAX. Yeah, uh, pretty much. It seems like every time Nolan does a movie, he's gonna use a lot of IMAX camera scenes. So whenever the next Nolan movie comes out. Try your best to go look for one of these true IMAX theaters and enjoy because it's quite a sight to behold. And coming from a visual point, and it really you know highlights and accentuates the performances that these actors do. Like Killian Murphy has a lot of these shots where you just you're looking at what Oppenheimer is going through, both from a physical acting and emotional uh, kind of like facial expressions and the way he, like he speaks his words. And so you're seeing this in like a true screen, it seems almost lifelike, like you're just looking through a window and seeing these people have conversations. And especially when you're looking at it from like a point of a lens of history, like, yeah, it's a stylized, a, bio, a historical biopic, but it is extremely valuable to be able to be as immersed in this type of subject, especially immersed in various different you know points in history so the, the movie jumps from you know the mid to late 1920s into the uh 19 the points between the early 30s mid 30s into 1939 then we get stuff into from 1950 uh, the end of world war ii 1940 what 54 and then 1959 if i'm not mistaken or the 61 yeah they, they do uh when was this guy's uh confirmation uh louis strauss's uh Confirmation. I don't know if I'm asking that out loud if you guys remember, but uh, we're here typing. Boom, boom, think, boom, boom. Yeah, I think it's sometime in the 60s. It was, I thought it was 60, 61. No, uh, 59. I was right oh, the first time. 59. Dang it. Anyway, uh, yeah. Homeboy. They said no to Homeboy. Um, that's <laughs> partly because of uh, Rami Malik showing up <laughs> as a. Was it Dr. Lewis? No. Uh, yeah, I think it was Dr. Lewis. He shows up, like, the only speaking role he has, and it's just, like, this damning confirmation of just, like, oh, wait, this guy also has an Oscar. Like, and that's the reason why. Uh, too good, man. It's too also good. a Bond villain. And also a Bond villain. And also a, a pharaoh. True. And a robot. <laughs> and, you no, know, he's a Mr. Robot. He's a the Mr. the Robot. Anyway, um... Yeah, like, what do you, what do you, what do you, what did you, like, what do we think about some of the acting here? Already, like, award-winning content, uh, contests, like, you know, any For sure standout. Robert Downey Jr. I, yeah. Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. But, yeah. but both, for, both for, um, actor in a leading role. 
Yeah. No, no, I no, think no. Robert like, Downey Jr. would be supporting. supporting. Sup- but but he, I feel like he was in more of a lead role. But he's not. If he's, you watch it again, he's more of a, he's the he's supporting. Not in, yeah. He's not in the movie for that long. It's just they split it up very well. And they reuse some of his scenes, but obviously the main character, the, the lead, Killian Murphy, yeah, he's, yeah, role yeah. he's almost in every scene. J. Robert Oppenheimer. Yeah. So that that is because like Murphy. for supporting, I could like for at least a uh, supporting actress, uh, I, I can see Emily maybe Blunt. Emily Blunt. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, that one scene. Ooh. But definitely uh, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. as supporting, and then like maybe Matt Damon, but Robert Downey Jr. definitely stole the. <laughs> Still yeah, if you're gonna have sure. anybody come as a best supporting actor, for sure RDJ. Like this, I mean, it, it, I remember him saying like, "Oh, this is probably the best movie I've ever been in." And you're just like, "Homie, yeah. okay, that's that's some bold words." And then we go back and yeah. know, especially when he was nominated, wasn't he nominated as an Oscar for uh, Tropic Thunder? Thunder? Yeah, yeah, was, that's, that's his best movie. That was <laughs> yeah, acting wise, he was playing a dude playing a dude disguised. <laughs> So have to watch that movie. Wow. This guy still has not. How are so you? You guys know this. You guys know this. Oh <laughs> my god, we have to. We have to watch that. We have to. Yeah, don't gang up on me. <laughs> Danny McBride is David Hill is uh, Rami Malek's character. Uh, Doctor David Hill, yes, of the Chicago branch of people. Yeah, uh, dude. Yeah, he's too good. Um, he is too damn good. They just got like everybody. They got, the they got everybody's a game. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think there was any. Bad like even if the they punch. were there for like a minute, like no. they killed it. For the like, I want to know what the direction in, in like that Nolan's giving them in there. It's just like, is uh, it is the said, script that good? It's he just, just like just act, just do it. <laughs> I you know why you're here? Go and do it. And then they went and did it, dude. Like Emily Blunt when uh she's basically they have they had their firstborn, and she's just like, you know, the whole bit of just like, oh, are you watching the baby? I've been watching him all day. And she's just like. That postpartum, like, I hate the, the world, and I'm just a yeah, drunk mess. Like, that was wild. And at the same time, like, you have Oppenheimer in a real low. She's just like, dude, you need to snap out of it because all these people out here are counting on you. Like, you need to you need to get your shit together. And she said that was such damn conviction that, like, it's... Like, I remember, like, the whole theater was just like, damn, Emily Blunt. Yeah, it's like, you can... You, just, you feel it. There's weight behind that. Like, these just... This acting, like this legitimate acting, like there's. I am an actor. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Trevor Slattery. Uh, yeah, I thought everyone did a great job. Yeah. Any. Um, oh yeah, like uh, we like Josh Hartnett. Like uh, he was very surprising because he was in it a con- considerable amount. And yeah, I thought he did. What a else great has job. he been yeah, in? Because watching it, I, 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 he looked familiar. Dude, he, I wasn't he, sure. he was very popular when he was like twenty. Because he was like you the never next watched Pearl Harbor, popular heartthrob. No, I've never seen Pearl Harbor. Actually. You never, you never yeah, watched uh, the Faculty. Nope. Yeah, oh, did Wrath of Man? Yeah, yeah. He was in. Uh, you guys haven't seen it, but it was Lucky Number Eleven. That's a cool movie. That is a really cool movie. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, he was randomly in Wrath of Man. I forgot about that. Uh, he was in a um, really good. What's the name of this show? Um, the horror show? Yeah, Penny Dreadful. Yes, he's in Penny Dreadful. Um, that show's really good. Uh, that's with Ava Green. But uh, yeah, he was kind of just like, like, very like, took a little break, been a couple little things here and there. But like, yeah, he was all over the place. He was in like, like in that the early scene. to mid two thousands. One scene in Sin City. That one scene, Black Hawk Down. Like, how am I forgetting Black Hawk Down? Like, um, but I remember the big, the thing that he that really blew him up was was uh, Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. Him and Matt Damon. <laughs> and he's also in Halloween H2O, but we don't talk about that. That's technically like Halloween a first water? movie. Which one? Halloween Water? Halloween Water. You mean <laughs> Halloween Woda? Exactly. Halloween Woda. Like, uh, I mean, like, everybody, it's just, even, dude, like, and it, what makes those scenes so great, like, there's no way we can't talk about the movie and not talk about the score. Mm-hmm. It's just like that subtle like music always playing behind and creating like this tension and like it's like if there was more orchestration behind and i said this to a friend earlier uh in the week that it sounds like if trent reznor and atticus ross had more orchestration behind there because it's like (laughs) tones but it's like like melodic tones and to the point where like there's like it's it's a it's a motif behind all of it it's not just tones like there's there's a theme to it now they're gonna win the oscar (laughs) <laughs> well, the only movie that they did right now is to Ninja Turtles. Mm. But uh, 
like Ludwig like has that like those two he has like Hans Zimmer s like two notes that kind of one starts off and then resolves into another one then it goes to a higher one and like you have like these these stringing violins because it's like classy and you know awe inspiring but also horrifying. It definitely lended itself to what was happening in the movie. It's it added to the anxiety of how mm-hmm. how Oppenheimer was feeling, how everybody in the world or was feeling during those times, and it was just like and how the movie was paced because we've mentioned already this is a three hour movie. Not- At least for me, I've seen it twice. It does not feel like a three-hour movie because it's edited very well and it it's cut very well. That uh, scenes go by pretty quickly and it just. I mean, I think that's like a staple with yeah. uh, with Nolan films. It's sometimes, like, like the way sometimes. That it's cut. Yeah. But the I felt like I remember when the first time we watched it when it first started and it was like jumping pretty quickly. I was kind of scared. I was like, oh, is it going to be this quick the oh, whole time? Like the flashes. Of, yeah. Like, yeah uh, no, not even that. It was just like. It was like a scene, and then it went to another scene, and then the next scene, black and white. And then you're like, wait, what was going mm-hmm. on? And so it, it takes you maybe like 15, 20 minutes to realize what's going on. You're like, okay, I, I, I get how this is structured. But yeah, it does not feel three hours. At least to me, it didn't feel like you don't have to You don't have to be able to read the sheet. You don't have to read the sheet, but you have to be able to hear the music. <laughs> uh, it's a quota line from the movie, uh, from Niels Bohr. Uh, I think what was really cool about it is especially like, when it needed to slow down, it slowed down. When it sped up again, it sped up. Um, and it, he, and everything is all practical effects. Mm-hmm. So everything from wild. like when you see like the, everything from like the electron telescope uh, microscopes that when you have like these particles going through, and they're supposed to be crashing into each other. All the sparks, like yeah, you know that someone went and like had flares or did some other like magnesium sparks, and it, it creates like that more authenticity to everything. Um, and you, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you'd even see in Dunkirk. You're like, oh, there's like real stuff blowing up around people, and there's you know water. But to this case, like, you're getting these big shots in New Mexico. You're getting these uh, really intimate shots in various rooms, labs, workstations, and uh, you know, uh, like here, small chambers, large chambers, and even like from there, like to Anthony's point, like that, that whole the, the stylistic change between what's in color which is basically you know for those who are deciphering it or who have already got the pattern it's sort of like the things that happen through oppenheimer's lens and then the black and white stuff is the cold heart flat or like supposed to be like factual or at least what, what, what from uh louis strauss's pers- uh perspective which is really cool to see because then you revisit scenes again in the different lens uh, especially we see the, the scene in the beginning and the scene you know it, it mirrors what the scene is at the end and uh it's just like Anthony said. I gotta keep bringing that back up. Like a certain movie, if, if anyone's kind of confused, there'll be a point where you just it clicks, and you're just like, "Holy crap, this is great!" And the the, the, the movie shot really well. Like I know Danny, you have you have uh, opinions on just like the way the movie is shot so well. Like it's it, it's truly immersive, right? Yeah, and then obviously you know when you see it in IMAX, filling up that whole screen, um, just like. Even just seeing someone talking in this movie, like the way it's shot or like the angles that they have, uh, having the person right front and center, like filling up that whole screen, it really yeah. is like, like, a, like a full body. Throws you into the immersion of it. Like you're there listening to this person talk in front of you. Yeah. Like you're just here you're watching real life people talk about real life stakes and how the, 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 the how the atom bomb was made and then the effect that that had on the world, but also on when one person one person's decisions through various different things how that all affected everything um yeah it's intense but it's fast and but it's also not too fast like it's just it's done so well it's what too mm-hmm. fast too furious, too fast, too furious? <laughs> you have to yeah you're gonna go backwards now i hope so no that's it's uh that's tenet. memento or tenant yeah it's, it's tenant or memento i just like nolan's use of like timing and like pacing through the different movies he's done and i feel like this one is definitely like a like a progression of everything he's learned from the previous movies he's done mm-hmm. oh yeah whether it's like the practical effects or like just different timings like you know memento he started off with telling a movie backwards and then tenet you have it going like forward and back in time like a palindrome and just all these different tricks he's learned from all these different movies he's made and he kind of like puts it all together into this one 
crazy story. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, and then I think before we go over like our final impressions, we have to talk about the, the actual scene of the bomb of the, of the Trinity test going off. Everybody was uh, kind of excited, like, "Oh, did he actually let loose a real life nuke? Like, did he get permission to blow it up again?" Obviously not, because that would be very, very bad. But um, the way they used the, the 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 practicality of creating, you know, like using actual real life explosions, magnesium flares, and other like optical effects and tricks of scaling, um, I think was really ingenious. Like it wasn't like I didn't ex like it wasn't we're in IMAX, but I don't know if you guys felt like oh when this bomb goes off, my face is gonna melt. <laughs> but it turns out well, all the memes and like videos of. Uh... Like uh, of such thing happening, it's things happening. It was, it was pretty funny. But. Who's who's a uh, who's that? Who's the crazy person sitting in the front row, middle seat? Uh, you know, they, they probably left a little disappointed. I'll yeah. just say that that person was real. But um, I mean, IMAX did find that person and yeah. gave him like. The game. There's a thing like they they found the person who who got the ticket and like. Did like a giveaway or something to it. We got you yeah, a like, free like ticket IMAX actually for the front. Yeah. <laughs> we got you another free ticket for another Oppenheimer show. He's like, yes, thank you. What I'm most excited for, to be honest, is when this comes out, uh, like, you know, to buy, um, and we could take a look to see like the behind the scenes and like all oh, those yeah. like featurettes that they're going to do on the, the Blu-ray or... Yeah, I, would I wonder how exhausting that is for like you know going, especially because some of these scenes are really intense like you have to be in a certain mind frame to do all of these and then it's like hey sit down with us and let's talk about how that, that happened and work through and Chris Nolan's like dude I have I have to like recreate a nuke I don't have time for this <laughs> or then like now they're in posters like hey I have time now what's up like but yeah. that'll be really exciting to see and I think um, that'll be another like kind of big moment for the movie like just it'll probably be online like showing like how these things were made so yeah i know anybody who's you know really into the how movies get made will be enjoying it but also those people who really decide to want to make movies like and tell stories for a living they're going to see more ways of how somebody who is i think shown now to be a master of their craft how they went about making a process of a film as monumental as this given everything going on from the theme you know, thematically uh, and as well as um, logistically and just mechanically how the movie's just made from a movie making standpoint. Um, it's out of hand, man. So like uh, now, like this is his latest film. Uh, it's time for everybody to get put on the spot. Uh, what do you guys finally, finally think about uh, Oppenheimer as uh, in terms of Christopher Nolan's collection of released cinema? I think it's his best Ooh. by 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 a bit of a distance. It's not like oh, it's close between that and something else. I feel like it's it's, it's his best by a, by a bit. He's like by a country mile. So, are you someone who believes that there's a difference between something being the best and something being your favorite? No. Oh. Wow. In, in this case, no. I I I. Uh, I know I can't say objectively it's all subjective but I, I'm not saying that it's it's my favorite it is my favorite but because I also think it's I think his best film. okay okay got it okay it's your favorite Nolan film you also think it's his best uh objectively best made film so this is a, his would be a, a considered a masterpiece of his yeah his masterpiece okay gotcha I'm a little different than yours I do think it's top five Maybe like his easy top, top five, top, top three. Five easy. It's not easy. You start putting <laughs> yeah. the names of the movies in front of you. It's not for, easy for, for me. Yeah, I, I think it's easier for me then because uh, I still haven't seen Memento and it was it. You've uh, never seen The Prestige, have you? I have. Seen, no, I, I've seen everything from Begin Batman Begins onward. Okay, so you've seen I, the anything Prestige. before Batman Begins, I've never seen. Which All I think right, is like two three. or three movies. Yeah, there's just two or three movies. Yeah. Well, those aren't in his top. And I, I wouldn't put any of those yeah, in his right. top five. I mean, like for me, Interstellar is a. I love that movie, but I still think Oppenheimer is just that little bit better. I, I think that would be number two for me. Oppenheimer is in his top three of like best movies he's made, like in terms of like what he's done for a movie. Mm -hmm. But your favorite. but my it's not my favorite. That's fair. Um, there's others that I'd probably put in my favorite, but um, definitely one of the like. I, I've seen everyone saying like, oh, it's his masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Like you could definitely see, like I was mentioning before, like it, it 
it does add up everything he's kind of done before and mm-hmm. just puts it in like such a grand scale. But I think for me, it's not my favorite, but but it's like, but objectively it's, but it's a it's great the, movie. It's the culmination of everything he's ever done before and now rolled into making uh, what could be his best film, but it's not your favorite film. Yeah. I just recap that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that sentiment that the, uh, that it seems like because you see his movies and you see somewhat of a similar trend and so yeah it does feel like throughout these past whatever 20 years or so that he's learned a lot with his writing and his directing that mm-hmm. yeah i think this is his best culmination like put together which hopefully and it'll probably end up getting him maybe his best director oscar yeah, let's hope so but yeah, for me, it would probably be like a top fiver of his just because there's other movies of his that I just like so much that it's hard for me to... Deception, <laughs> sorry. There's something in my throat. Yeah. Is there something inside the something in your throat? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, it's but but um, going back to just like this movie, I feel like he does, he does so much more with uh, just like symbolism, like with showing you certain things on the screen um dialogue too dialogue like there's just like i don't know if i should talk about that but um the beginning of the movie starts off with um him when he was young looking at like a puddle of water and seeing like raindrops and throughout the movie you see this similar i guess motif or similar symbolism of like ripples in the water and it symbolizes um, him seeing the, the chain reaction of bombs essentially and seeing like the shock waves of multiple bombs going on. Fission. so it's yeah. like since he was like younger it's kind of showing you that he's had this fear of seeing this crazy chain reaction of stuff going on later on in one of the black and white scenes when they're talking about um um when they're with the committee yep um Robert Downey Jr. is talking to him and asking him something and he's not even paying attention because of his anxiety and it like and it visually it shows you his anxiety with like the background vibrating and moving. That's and when then, they show the fact that Russia set off a bomb. Correct. And yep. so when, it, when they're sitting at the table. Yes. Yeah, but the thing is when it goes to Oppenheimer, it's a close up of his face and he's not even paying attention to Robert like, Downey Jr. Like a- and then he stares at the table and all he sees is like the ripples on the table because they're looking at a map. And so he's visualizing bombs blowing up everywhere around the world on the map. And then later, the very end of the movie is the same thing. It's in a different scene, but they're showing water droplets he's still looking at, on the on the lake. I call it the Killian Murphy Oppenheimer stare. Yeah, he, he his does like that. eyes bulge out. Yeah, he's just there like, oh no. But like, just, like he does, he just does so many, uh, a lot of little things like that in this movie where I feel like he probably didn't do that as much before and just seems like like xavier said that he's gotten way more comfortable with this type of storytelling and and it shows and it's just yeah it's a really well done and really good movie and i think lots of people should watch it um yeah yes, I, very good yeah. um so yeah top five for me but yeah my favorite's inception yeah so his favorite is inception i know this i, I know i have to good. years um I have a personal, real personal love for the prestige, but I have to be on the camp that like, besides just like the really cool stuff that goes on in the prestige, um, again, from like, I have to marvel and be in awe at just how well put together this movie was from every, every little piece is Mm -hmm. every, this, this movie is almost, I think it's practically perfect. It's very, it's very, very like precisely executed like yeah. like we were saying before for it to be three hours long um with essentially no action except for like one scene yeah uh and for it to keep your attention the whole movie is a and pretty, not make us feel like three hours right and yeah for and for you to be engaged like throughout the whole movie again this is me how i felt but i think you guys felt similarly yeah um yeah that's a that's a very hard thing to do it's there are plenty of people that could say i the second time i went um uh, the friend i went with to watch it he really enjoyed the movie and this type of movie is normally the movie that maybe he 
I, I think that he wouldn't like. And he said, no, he really liked it, that he he was in it the whole movie. So it's just a testament to how how well it was made. Yeah, I think, yeah, we can all agree. It's, it's We may have our personal favorites, with the exception of Zachary's. It's like, hey, like, this is, this is it. This is it. It's my favorite, and it's his best movie. And, and I love a lot of his yeah. other movies, too. Oh, no, yeah. But you, start naming so, them. But, start naming them. Whoa, whoa, we don't get <laughs> Will, we're, we're the popcorn watch list. We're not the popcorn gatekeepers. Come on. No, I'm saying, like, you name, you start naming them, and then you start then like, understanding well, great. how difficult it is to rank his movies. Yeah, you're like Dark Knight. So well, yeah, because Prestige. It, it, uh, yeah, you have Interstellar, Interstellar no Dunkirk, exactly. Like, uh, it's like uh, they're all they're all Inception. So that was already five. Yeah, it's just like oh no. And then I didn't mean I didn't even say Oppenheimer with all of those. Like and I give this on Oppenheimer like because he, he's Janet. been he's been a, a he's been one of those very like, rare directors that just has like consist uh, consistently like amazing movies. Yeah, like I, I I remember we've said this before when we talked about Tenet. I was like you go back and I rewatch it. it. You're like, people that this movie like is actually yeah. really freaking cool. It's like his cool, timey, wimey James Bond movie. Because I, I don't think there's like a like a single movie of his that has been like generally received as like mixed or negative. It's been mostly positive. The only one tenet would be the ten is the only closest one that people would argue to be as mixed. mixed. Yeah, but it's in the mix for being mixed. But uh, <laughs> regardless, we all agree that this movie is incredible. We went over the reason why now with a type of prestige film like this, it's making almost half a billion dollars. Um, it is really it's still this, making more. So it's this cultural phenomenon uh, that's part of Barbenheimer that just you know the stars aligned and people are going out and watching master classes in film and seeing it in premium formats. Like people are going out of their way watching it in IMAX. They're able to see not only a technically well, like a beautifully made film from a technical span- standpoint, but you're also seeing amazing acting from this like S tier list of actors that are just all up in there just trying to just make the most of what they got. Like it doesn't feel like anybody's fighting for screen time. They're just, they know the roles they got to play purpose and they and do their roles extremely well without it overshadowing one or the other. Maybe the rock was on set and he was telling everybody to know your role, and, but they didn't shut their mouths. I know they did not shut their mouths. That's how they got it done. Yeah. The movie's great. <laughs> and it's again, all done from practical standpoint. Hence, you know, hundred million dollar budget. It's pretty not too, not too shabby. Oh, well, we, we talked about the score, but we didn't talk about the sound mixing. Cause oh, it's some, actually good. It's really good. It's not a Dark Knight Rises opening preview screen. But not just not just like dialogue and music. I'm saying like sound effects of certain things because there's a certain sound effect that plays throughout the movie, and yes. you don't know what it is, and they reveal it to you later. It's a Geiger counter. And it's uh, no, not that. Not, the, not the Geiger counter one. No. Uh, uh, and I want I want to say what it is, but I don't know if it's a spoiler. And it and it gets revealed into in the my favorite scene in the movie. But the um, just skip yeah, have thirty him. seconds. Yeah, have, <laughs> have him. Yeah, skip thirty seconds. If this, you don't want to know. It's the but scene after. It's the scene after the bombing. Ah, and, yeah. And, and then everyone's cheering. Yes, that mm. scene. Cheering oh, that, that goes the, into screams. Yeah, that's yeah. the. So yeah, that the pounding. That scene uh, is, yeah. I feel like that scene was all the things we talked about of like what he did in this movie in like one scene yeah, yeah. there's this and like was, celebration but also tension awesome. and anxiety and horror of everything he's done yeah. um and also uh but there that's the one thing that you uh, that some would argue that makes the movie not 100 percent perfect uh fun little fact the, the flag they're waving <laughs> flags with 50 stars when it should be 48 okay no there was a scene in los alamos where the flag had 48 yeah, but know, in this, the, the main one, scene that we're talking about, celebrating, yeah. they have 50 stars. Okay, yeah, because that was like, that was like what, 20 years too soon, maybe? Or, uh, like or no, least, 10 years. Like, at, like 10, 15 years. At least 10, 15 years. Well, no, 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 not even, because Hawaii and Alaska became states in 50 or 59, one of those. One was 50, oh, excuse me, one was 50 and then one was 15. No, they're both 16. in the same year. No. They were both in the same year, months apart. What were the names of the two bombs again? Fat Man and Little Boy. Yeah. That's like these names. Yeah, it was. I think it was fifty. I remember learning that in school. I was like, "Why did they name that?" <laughs> it's because people had a sick sense of humor. Yep. Uh, exactly that. Um, jeez. Uh, Alaska uh, was nineteen fifty nine. And Hawaii. Um, Hawaii also nineteen. Uh, the chief saved in nineteen fifty nine. Yeah. So they Okay. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Like a whole fifteen years. Uh, 50, uh, fourteen years after, if you want to be really too pedantic. Soon. Yeah. Uh, but that's still, it's a, technically a gaffe, but that's okay. Yeah. We'll allow it because the movie's so good. Uh, with that, little goof. <laughs> with that, everybody, um, again, if you're listening to this, uh, we hope to not have uh, spoiled you so much and you know, 
to in terms of seeing and hearing uh, what we thought about the movie. Uh, it's incredible. Everybody, you know, you know, you definitely go watch it. Some intense stuff, but definitely if you are want to see why movies can be good and what makes a movie really good and incredible and great and amazing, Oppenheimer is a testament to that. With that being said, next week we'll be joined by some special guests to cover the other half of the cultural phenomenon that is Barbenheimer. We'll go... Uh, take a little trip to Barbie Land with courtesy of Mattel and Warner Brothers. Yeah, the Warner Brothers. Yes, yeah, Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers and Warner Brothers. Yes, I totally did my homework. I swear. Uh, and we'll be going, you know, doing our deep dive and impressions on Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie, starring Margot Robbie. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, stay tuned for that episode. It's going to be fun. We'll get a fresh, uh, unique take on what we saw out of Barbie. But until then. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you know, this definitely gets the ultimate seal of the freshest popcorn of all time uh, <laughs> approval from the popcorn watch list. Buttered what would be the freshest? Super Is it kettle corn? Or? Uh, I mean, it's it's ultra buttered with almost nuclear heat. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that one of those combos? Borderline radioactive. Yeah, the ones with like the three different flavor combos. Three different. If you put <laughs> the three flavors together, they. Well, with the, the the cheddar cheese, the caramel, and the normal yeah. uh, popcorn. I think if you put all three and you bite them all together, yeah. there's an explosion in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the the Trinity test in your mouth. You have the, the the shock wave, which I also like, by the way. That the, the how they actually did the sonic boom from the yeah. explosion was yeah, really it's, cool. It was quiet for a good like minute and a half or so. The theater was quiet too, and then yeah. and then no one was talking. Yes. Yeah, like, oh god. Yeah, it was awesome. It's great. Um, yeah, everybody. So. Thank you so much. Uh, tell us what you thought of Oppenheimer. Tell us if you haven't seen it yet and you still don't see the big hoopla. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you get changed really quick to make sure that it's all of, uh, you really realize just how great of a movie this is. But uh, reach out to us. We're over on all the social media. So we're on uh, Popcorn Watchlist on X now. Used to, well, I'm sorry, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Uh, we're at uh, on threads uh, hosted by Instagram as well as mainly on Instagram through our main polls uh, as well uh, you know Danny uh, goes goes ahead and uh, runs all of our polling so uh, please go ahead let's uh, have some fun dialogue and discussion and keep it going okay uh, with that everybody we're gonna be signing off until next time thank you so much for tuning in later later it was excellent go watch it bye Thank you.